Yeah. Now you won't have any need for me after though, right? That's it then. So no, I could. Just, okay. we're gonna chat okay. once we get to the list part. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that's pretty sure Waldo and Carmen Sandiego were vacation buddies. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother, Peter. Hey, everybody. And then uh, we wouldn't be a podcast without our audio guy, Ryan. And joining us this week, we actually have a guest in the studio. We are talking with a television and film actress, uh, Nicole Santini. Welcome, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, this is actually a really cool thing for me because you and I have known each other for a long time and I at one point found out you did this and thought it was really cool and I've always wanted to pick your brain on a level of, you know, just working in film and television. So... Sure, absolutely. Right. So when I found out some of the things you were in, I'm like, man, I can't wait to talk to her and I've just never had a chance and then we started the show and I was like, this is a perfect opportunity to have you come on. So... Uh, don't go into the specifics yet because some of them I think are really cool and I think it's really worth maybe picking your brain about like what it's like being backstage or behind the scenes, but primarily the focus of what you're looking at, like what you do in terms of film, television, whether it's commercial work, what's the primary? Absolutely. Well, you know what? I, I do the, the working actor hustle, basically. I do commercials, I do television, I do film, I do voiceover, pretty much whatever comes my way. I have a great agent team of agents, and whatever they put in front of me, that's what I, I go out for. Fantastic. All right, so before we dive much deeper, mm -hmm. what I'd like to do is, uh, Peter and I always discuss something we're watching for the week, so uh, Peter and I will get into something we watched this <laughs> week, but is there anything like you're watching? Like, is there any, like, some movie that you were like, oh my god, I saw this and I loved or, it? Or reading or, or listening to yeah, it. Yeah, because having, having someone who works in the industry come on and finding out what they're really into... Sure. It's always fun to, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I would always love to ask George Lucas what he watches. You know he doesn't sit around watching Star Wars. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, maybe not. You know, it's funny because I have, obviously, I have four children, as you know. So sure. I watch a lot of what they watch. And, um, but for me, honestly, if I have my choice and my kids always yeah, make fun of me. it's your choice. I'm an Anglophile. Okay. I love British period drama, and I know that's not exciting or sexy, but I love it. <laughs> I love BBC. I love the you know the okay. masterpiece theater stuff. Are you a uh, yeah. Downton Abbey? Oh, I was, I've watched every episode like a thousand times. Great. So, are you? Uh, <laughs> would you consider yourself an upstairs or a downstairs person? Oh, definitely. You know, hmm. I'd be lying if I didn't see myself as an upstairs person. <laughs> I mean, not that I don't love the downstairs people, but, you know. No, I hear who, you. Who doesn't want to be an upstairs person? Right. You know? Come on. If I get right. to pick. All right. Very cool. Uh, well, was there anything specific you watched this week that really caught your attention? Oh, goodness. My it, kids it could just be me, an episode of a show that you were like, oh my god, that was fantastic. My kids had me watching some episodes of the first season of Arrow. Did you watch any of that? I, right on. We yeah. are big fans of the <laughs> mm -hmm. Arrowverse okay. in general. So. Well, that's funny because, well, we'll you know, we'll talk about this uh, later, but I worked yesterday in Chicago Med with uh, one of the, the main characters from Arrow. So that Ooh, was yeah, really who fun. Was that? Well, uh, Tommy. 
Oh, Tommy he's, Merlin. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> to me, I mean, he's Dr. Dr. Rhodes in Chicago. I'm blanking Met, on his actor name. But always yeah. Colin Donnell. And yeah, he thank will you. be... Um, always will be Tommy to my kids. So yeah, yeah. I got I got to fun. I got to meet Diggle. Um, oh, cool. uh, a couple years ago, it was awesome. Oh, that's so, fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Peter, did you watch anything this week? Uh, we watched the same thing. Yeah. So go ahead. Um, I've been watching Titans on the DC Universe streaming streaming app. So. Yeah. So Titans started this week. Um, I don't have a lot to say about it yet. Okay. Because I only watched the first episode. I want to get a couple more under my belt before I have a proper review. Because I feel shows need to find their legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say that I love what they're doing and everything looks great. Um, I don't understand why it's Detroit and not Bloodhaven, but right there's still more of the show that to come. So yeah, that's actually really interesting. I didn't think about the Detroit angle, but now you're making me wonder: Are they going to take <laughs> it to Bloodhaven eventually? Right. Um, but I think that we were just talking about Arrow, and I feel like Titans. Uh, the first episode I loved, but Arrow, the first the first episode of Arrow, when you think of it, it's just such a succinct perfect origin story that really gets you pumped after watching it and titans the first episode just kind of it ends where you feel like it's just half or a piece of the story so i just didn't know where it was going from there so i watched the uh, i've actually seen the second episode i don't think you've watched the second one yet Keep the spoiler. Um, I know we talk about spoilers on the show, so (laughs) the second episode's kind of the same way, but it just gets better, and you can tell more where the story's going. And the fight scenes are super brutal and dark, and I know not everybody likes that with superheroes, but I love it. So I'm I'm enjoying it so far. So well, DC has kind of become known for this dark universe in terms of their take on these stories, and they're being consistent. (laughs) <laughs> and that's something that I appreciate. Like you know, everyone laughs about how Superman puts on the glasses, and they're like, "How can it, how do people see through mm-hmm. that disguise?" Well, it doesn't matter because we're talking like eighty plus years of DC's history, and they've never strayed from that. Yeah, you know, Robin puts on a mask, and that's basically the only thing covering his face. It's no different than Superman's glasses. They've never strayed from that, and they've you know. So it's the consistency that I appreciate. Right and they have the Arrowverse that's like really lighthearted and stuff, and. Titans is like much more in line well, with their movie universe. Well, where parts of Arrowverse are lighthearted, <laughs> right? Right, that's true. Flash and Supergirl and stuff is very lighthearted. I know the first two seasons of Arrow were pretty dark and stuff, which was cool. But right. Titans, wait till you get to the second episode because it gets brutal. Like, well, I'm excited. Honestly, and they brutal. said rated R, and it sure is a rated <laughs> R show. So, right on. Um, well, since we have Nicole here, let's dig a little deeper. Um, is this, being an actress, has this been a dream? Oh, absolutely. I've been an actress since I was three years old. Okay. But, absolutely. Okay, so had, but have you done, like, screen acting that young? Like, were you one of those child oh, no. stars that oh, just, no. you know. In fact, okay. my mom specifically was not into that. She was definitely <laughs> okay. not into that. I did a lot of community theater, school stuff. Oh, sure. Musical theater. I was, you know, singing, dancing, acting, very dramatic, of course, and putting on plays at home. And honestly, every time a parent asks me, what should I do, my child wants to do this, that's what I tell them to do because mm-hmm. I don't think there's a lot good, a lot of good that can come from doing it intensely too young. Right on. Okay. And I think we've all witnessed, you know, <laughs> sure. plenty of plenty of you know <laughs> child actors that have not done real well. Yeah. Okay. Well, you did. I'll get to like your feature stuff in mm-hmm. a minute. Sure. Um, because I every now and then I'll walk past the screen and there'll be a commercial on, or I'll be like, and I I 
I'm pretty sure I was walking through Costco and saw some product and you were on the cover of something. So in terms of commercial work, (laughs) like, is there anything like notable that we would see you in right now? Oh, sure. I'm right now I've been in a a Hillshire Farms commercial. Okay. And, um, it's, you know, it's just a cute little, little cutest little boy. Oh my gosh. And that is one of the nice things I, you know, I've got, my kids are a little bit bigger now, so I get to work with, you know, little adorable little, and, and all local. Almost, almost all the kids I work with are local too, which is kind okay. of fun. But um, you know, they don't do it a lot. But just every once in a while, they'll, you know, hit a commercial, yeah. and and it's just super fun. So yeah, the Hillshire Farms. I'm in one of those right now. Eggland's best. I was in an ABC heating and cooling commercial for a really, really long time that ended up uh, running its cycle. But uh, you know, I'm sure there's other stuff. But <laughs> <laughs> I used to do the I used to do the print ads when I was when I was a kid. So there was a department store that I think literally has, it was, it's owned by Carson Perry Scott. So literally okay. just closed their doors called Elder Beerman in Ohio. And I was the, the little girl that was in their ads, you know, all the time. Right. Okay. So that's kind of how I got started. Awesome. Now, something I assume behind the scenes, like on the set work is probably no different from a television to a commercial in terms of like backstage type stuff. But the on-camera work I can imagine is different. I've, I've. I've seen some voice actor stuff where, mm-hmm. like, the amount of takes just seems different to me, I sure. think. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure if I'm constructing my question correctly. <laughs> um, but I guess what's the difference in terms of your on-set work from a commercial to, like, a television show? You know, that's a really interesting question. Um, I would say that television is run like a really tight ship. And I do okay. think there's a difference between being on location doing television and being in a studio doing television. I think on location is, it's just a lot more work for the people you know behind the scenes. Okay. Mm. Uh, being in a studio, it's just it just, you know, it's very very well scheduled and it's just a well-oiled machine i could imagine being on studio like all the people shooting a show would have every tool they need at their disposal like right there and on location it's like oh crap we need 50 yellow raincoats oh no and everybody's rushing around and trying to gather stuff when i when i did chicago fire it was january and we were outside yeah and (laughs) oh my gosh it was freezing I mean it was real I mean it was so I was on such a high I was so excited to be there but it was it's you know so that's what you have to deal with yes you have Mm -hmm. to deal with the elements and I remember that day it was like sleet raining the whole time we're outside trying to shoot the scene and watching the scene after that though it gave the scene such a just a realness that it wouldn't have had if it hadn't have been just the worst weather ever Mm -hmm. because obviously fires you know happen was that a worst weather ever because it was actually raining oh yeah or, okay my, oh, my yeah. question was getting oh, to yeah. the were they using a rain machine for that scene for symbolism or ambiance no or but it just i mean sometimes it just works right okay so that's fun you know that was really fun and then you know like yesterday i was shooting i was shooting chicago med and it's it's just it, i'm just so impressed with these you know these people I mean, they're just the actors are great the directors are great the people you know the sound the lights the costume i mean everybody is just it's just very professional a little, awesome. little different than when you do, you know, a uh, small independent film with, you know, a nice kid right out of film school. Sure. You know, that's great, too, because then you feel a little bit, you know, you can be, you know, a little edgy and you can yeah, try things. Right and so I think it's nice to do both. Okay. You know? Um, is there any type of acting you prefer? I mean, when I say that, I mean, like, do you prefer the action over the horror or the TV drama 
or the, you know what I mean? Like, what would I do if yeah, I if, could if, do anything? If you could choose anything, if you got to pick the roles, if the scripts weren't coming your way, you know what Absolutely. I mean? If you, like, reach that, you know, if you're, like, Jennifer Lawrence fame and they're just like, hey, we want you in this movie, and they're just handing you scripts, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, well, I would say that... Not that I'm saying you're not love, Jennifer Lawrence oh, well, fame. I'm just saying, Jen, I know you're listening. <laughs> I think I missed but. that goal. Yeah, I think I, I'm a little, yeah. Uh, you know, I would say that my favorite my favorite venue or um, is is the theater, for sure. Okay. I mean, I think most actors would say that. To be in front of a live audience is somewhat, it's just intoxicating. You know what I mean? It's just, you get such a high from being in front of a live audience, without a doubt. Um, but... Outside of that, I would say I would love to do, like, British period drama. Okay. You know. Nice. So in my next life, I can move to London. And so when they reboot Downton <laughs> Abbey, you're going to be, like, right there I for auditions. Love, yes. <laughs> I'm going to start working on my start working on my dialect, yes. Oh, great. <laughs> Is there a specific type of uh, character you like to play? Like, do you like to be villains or, I mean... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think most actors would say that. Yeah. That it's more fun to play the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The You know, more fun to play... You know, the bitch, the bad guy, the whatever. You know what I mean? You don't want to, you know, playing the nice girl, pff, you know, <laughs> yeah. so boring. I do that every day. Who cares? Yeah, like yeah right. Oh, thank you. Well, I, assume, <laughs> I assume there's a degree where you want to be the hero, but I've had many conversations with people where I'm like, man, that's such a great villain. And they've always looked at me weird, like, really? The villain? Like, you know, and it's only like a handful of people in my life, but I'm like, sometimes those villains come across as great performances. Like, that's, Absolutely. The, that's the fun you want to really be having, so... Absolutely. I remember my fifth grade play. I got to play the villain, and I had the small. I had this, you know, the smaller role than the lead, and it was like to this day, it was one of the most fun things I've ever done. So, yeah. What you don't get the, that chance what was all the time. villain? Oh, I don't even want to tell you. It was it was the Cabbage Patch Kids play, and I got to play Lavender oh. McDade. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Those things you remember. <laughs> um, all right. So speaking of villains, uh, let's talk some horror movies real quick. Sure. Um, so you got to be in Sinister Two. Mm-hmm. Um, I know which character you were. I've seen the I've seen the movie, so yes. I know. You know, I, I did my homework before we sat down and talked. <laughs> awesome. Um, <laughs> awesome. But uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Like, Absolutely. We we spent all last week talking scary movies and stuff, and unfortunately, Sinister Two did not come up. And did our, not make the cut because we. <laughs> but you have to understand, Sinister Two is. I mean, it was up against, like, The Exorcist and, like, you oh. know, some classic movies that oh, we had to, you know, discuss. So. I, I do really love the Sinister movies, though. Like, as sure. far as, like, newer horror movies, I think they're, like, really, really cool stories, so. Well, especially, I mean, let's face it, Sinister, the, the original Sinister, I think is has the makings of a classic. I just oh, yeah. think it's so well done. I didn't, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And Sinister 2 is a little more predictable. I mean, I think most sequels are like that. I wouldn't doubt if they came out with a three, honestly. Um, Bloomhouse Productions did it. He is kind of the rock star, I think, of horror movies right, right now. On. He, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, I love that that part. And there's the one shot in the first movie where it shows. Uh, is it Bagul? Is that the yes? The that's the bad guy. Movie? Yeah. And he's at the bottom of the pool, and it's like in that uh, one of the videos they mm-hmm. watch, and like the camera is kind of like sweeping around the pool, and you just see him at the bottom of the pool staring at you. And I just saw that. I'm like. If I saw this as a kid, that would just haunt my nightmares for years. Like, it's so chilling when you see that image. And it's funny that you say that, though, because, you know, being a part of, you know, the cast for something like that and being behind the scenes, it is, it's taken away a little, a lot of that scary edge for me. Because I'm not a huge, like, slasher. Like, I love psychological thrillers, Mm -hmm. like, you know, Silence of the Lambs and Seven and stuff like that. But, like, slasher kind of movies, a lot of gore has never really appealed to me. 
But having been behind the scenes and been a part of those scenes, I'm not as, it, it, I, now I look at it from a different lens, I think, you know, I look like how they do that. And, and it's really interesting because in fact, one of the things like I was talking about working with children, some of the, you know, I worked with children this whole time with, with Sinister and people would say like, how could you let your children do that? It's so frightening, you know? It was not frightening at all for those. Kids. I can imagine so, kids having a blast. Oh my gosh! They had so, it's like playing for them. Right. It was totally like playing. And the one the one part that was hard for me was you know we're we're laying in these you know we're laying in graves you know we're you know bound with our hands and our feet and the whole thing and we're you know there's like they make the you know the snow and the whole thing. Um, the girl who was my daughter in the movie who was essentially murdering us, of course, um, his name was Emma. And my daughter's name is Emma. Yeah. And so I had to, you know, scream things like, you know, please, Emma, no, mommy loves you. Why would you do <laughs> Emma? No, you know, and Did I don't care. Did you ask for a recording so you could play that later at home? Oh, my God. Well, now my Emma's <laughs> like, 15. Like an audio recording. Now my Emma's 15, like, so I yeah, probably sure. say that all the time now. Please, Emma. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> poor Emma. But, uh, yeah, it was, but, it, I mean, I actually cried. I mean, that's, how do you not cry? You're begging your, you know, you're using your own daughter's name to beg her not to kill you. Right. You know, so that was... That part was pretty emotional, but other than that, it was just really fun. Yeah. You know, it was really fun. Was that part uh, one of the tapes in the Sinister yes. 2? Okay, I vaguely remember it, but okay. I think I remember, like, the family yes. bound up and, yeah. Yes. Awesome. They're really cool. Um, it was very fun. Another thing that I think, especially the second one, did a lot is, like, scenes like that, or uh, for me also the scene where... There's like a whole family that has like bowls with rats underneath, like underneath the bowls yes. chained to their chest. And yes. Mm -hmm. Essentially, sorry for the graphic imagery, but the rat has to eat itself its way out of the bowl through right. the person's chest. So they don't yeah. show the gore in that They did it on Game they... of Thrones too. Oh, okay. They so. did it on, and I was wondering which came first when I saw it on Game of Thrones. I couldn't remember. <laughs> Seriously, I feel oh, like yeah. that's such an old school torture oh, technique. I have, oh, I have no okay. idea. Like I know, I, I know they did it on Game of Thrones and I pretty sure they did it on something else so you're saying I, they didn't think of it so no. i thought that was pretty but clever when they when they did that in a movie like it just they don't show any of it so it just leaves it to your imagination like i know what's going on under those bowls and it just makes you cringe so much more when you have to imagine it instead of just outright showing it so i agree because when you sh when they show it sometimes it i mean like for me anyway i would like avert my eyes but mm -hmm. when you're just imagining it i mm -hmm. can't you know, and we talked about we talked about this a little bit last week too with the um, not seeing things. Mm -hmm. uh, that goes back even back to our Jaws discussion a few weeks ago, right. like where you didn't see the shark for so long and you had to fill in the gaps and you know. So oh yeah, <laughs> I remember when they were shooting that scene too. It was it was funny. They brought in there were animal experts that came in with humane, like obviously they're licensed by because it's all you know union and all this kind of stuff with these you know, trained rats. So you got to see them filming that scene too? I, I saw from the exterior. Yeah. Okay, it wasn't part cool. of that scene, but I got to see yeah. a little bit of it. And, right, and the, the car that they drive <laughs> and the car that they drive, if you ever see it around, cause they're Chicago people, I'm pretty sure. Um, it's like, it has a big rat on the top and it's like, rat. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Oh, okay. So you can look for it. So it's not <laughs> like awesome. a, it's not like an exterminator. They drive around with trained rats. This for is their this thing. thing. That, oh, yeah. Nice. I know. So like, they're not, so I just I'm, I'm I'm blanking on the scene that you're talking about from the movie. Right. It was I'm, it was one of the tapes of like the previous right. murders okay. caused by. It's in a yeah. church. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Like but I'm thinking church, about because yeah. I mean that's one of the tapes, but I'm thinking like how clear we saw that on Game of Thrones. So these are like actual like mm -hmm. uh, legitimate rats that they're like you know because 
in that scene of Game of Thrones, they hold the bucket there for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I always felt there was some, like, side hatch that I wasn't aware of that <laughs> they were, like, getting the rat out of there so it wasn't actually... Do you know what I mean? That, like, is there I, something? I'm not exactly. Is there I some really cool sure. fourth wall break you could tell me about? Mm, that... No, I, I wouldn't. Okay. If, if there is, I don't know about it. <laughs> All, right. All I know is they were trained rats, so I would imagine they're trained not to dig through their bodies. <laughs> <laughs> right on. <laughs> they're fed really well, I'm sure. Well, and I'm sure the person laying on the ground underneath the rat in the bucket has something they can say to like stop the scene from filming. Like. They're not going to let right. the rats accidentally eat through their chest. Wow. So. Can you imagine? Yeah. yeah. And all filmed in Chicago, too. That's one of the cool things, about, honestly, about Sinister. Um, Sinister 2, I should say. I doubt Sinister 1 was filmed here. Um, but Sinister 2, it was Chicago and a lot of Chicago actors, which is very cool. You know, not, not a lot of movies that come here use mm-hmm. Chicago people for their... Well, I remember I was 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 returning from vacation to work. I'm in my car driving to work for my first day back from vacation. I'm listening to the radio and they say, Dark Knight is filming downtown Chicago. They're taking walk-in auditions today. And I'm like... I'm like, I'm going to call in sick right now. Like, I never did. <laughs> Absolutely. But I'm <laughs> like, talk about bad timing in my Absolutely. part. Absolutely. So. But most of those are extra, which extra work is great. Sure. But most of that is extra Oh, work. no, I understand. Right? I just, when you say yeah. using local actors yes. and all that kind and of they, things, yeah, I'm like, and wow, they do that. like, why, uh, why didn't I, like, just keep driving that day and just not <laughs> <Absolutely>. go to work? <laughs> like that Widows movie that's coming out right now. Yeah. My son was an extra in that one. He's kind oh, of, nice. you know, he's a college kid. That's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a fun yeah. thing to do. Uh, so... This is something I didn't tell you about, Nicole, because I thought this would be kind of a fun surprise since Mm -hmm. you share something with one of us in this room that's not me. So, um, (laughs) you got to be in Batman vs. Superman. I I was in one scene in Batman vs. Superman. Right, and I would love to talk to you about that. But, Peter here was in Man of Steel. Yep. Very cool. (laughs) So, all the downtown Smallville sequences were shot in Plano, Illinois, where Peter and I grew up. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So That's if you cool. drive downtown Plano right now, a lot of the Smallville stuff is still up. I think because they were, they they have to be under some level of contract. Like we could be coming back for a sequel. You know what I mean? Like that'd be fun. And it sounds oh like, gosh. and it sounds like DC might not actually be doing that. <laughs> but the idea, the the idea of possibly having a sequel and saying, yeah, you might want to keep some of this stuff up just in case. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's fantastic. So you right. did it in when in Plano. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Very. Cool. I just I just thought you guys. I thought it's it'd be so kind of cool. cool for me to sit and listen to you two like swap some stories here. So. <laughs> well, it, it to, two two different locations. My right, my location that I filmed at was O'Hare Airport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On an actual plane. Mm-hmm. So that was kind yeah, of yeah. So uh, before you guys start, go off on the, these little stories <laughs> here and, and have your little sure. moment, um, I've seen Batman, Superman, Batman versus Superman, I don't know, 20, 25 times maybe. This is where I watch a movie and then I watch it again for okay. educational Absolutely. reasons. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time your scene comes up, like because you and I saw like you told me you were in the movie before mm-hmm. the movie released. Okay. And you described to me the scene and you're like, that's all I can tell you. And I was sure. like, cool. Yeah. So the scene came up. As soon as the scene started, I knew it was your scene. I spotted you because you're in the center of the screen. Wasn't that funny? I know. And then, That was just lucky. And now... That was just lucky. 20, 30 times later watching the movie, I can't look at anything in the scene but you. Oh, God. I'm like... <laughs> 
there's Nicole, and then that's funny. And then the scene's gone, and then I'll watch it's the very movie quick. And then I'll ca- I'll yeah. catch the movie on like TBS or something, and I'll be like, there's Nicole. Isn't that funny? <laughs> I know. I was in one of the promo things where it was the same kind of thing because it was a, it was what it was was a picture of Gal Gadot doing yeah. you know her Wonder Woman thing, mm-hmm. and I'm like, but there's me. So <laughs> is that know, what was on the screen? Deal. Pardon? Is that what was on the screen? Um, no, she, well, when you see me, Gal Gadot, so, Wonder Woman, is coming onto the airport, right. the airplane, She's putting, putting your her, stuff away, right. and as there's a, a terrorist attack on the screen that everybody's watching on the plane. It was a terrorist attack. I, or whatever, what was it? Well, was it, it, a it was attack? a monster attack yeah. It was a monster movie, attack. But I didn't know, I thought maybe they might have put something. I don't think I knew that. But I was wondering mm-hmm. if they put something different for you guys to, like, look at or her to look at to not let the extras on the set spoiled to something that they shouldn't have seen. No, in fact, it was the opposite. Okay. We were supposed to see it before she did. Oh. Because we were instructed to see what was going on and you know, like, I think I, you know, grabbed my husband sitting <laughs> next to me and we're like, "Oh my god, you know, the world's coming sure. to an end." And then she sees everybody and then you know, oh, okay. Boogies off. The yeah, mind. I just was like, yeah. I guess it's that thing where like, yeah, we have our extras on mm-hmm. set, we have our actors, but we don't want certain people to see certain things because we want them to go into the movie fresh and oh, like, sure. that's the, like that's the one scene that <laughs> actor's in, but I want him to be as spoiler free as possible. You know sure. what I mean? So. Oh, you mean did we actually see what was coming? Yeah. The, it wasn't actually on the screen. Okay. We oh, were okay. being directed by the director to say, okay. you're mm-hmm. looking at a terrorist just attack. Just assume this was his. What would your you response know. be kind of a thing? Right. Yes. Okay. We, were, we were acting. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you didn't <laughs> Know, so when you go see the movie for the first time, I still didn't time, know. Like, Isn't that terrible? Because it's at the end of the movie, <laughs> ish. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, so I would. There's yeah. probably another it... forty-five minutes left. Oh, was like, it really? Yeah. It's oh. Such a, it's such a long movie. Okay. So even after that, you're just like, okay, here we go, final battle, and it just keeps going. So you know, that kind I did of thing. see it. I mean, I, you know, I did see it. It's just, it's been a while. <laughs> right on. Right on. Man of Steel. Um, so yeah, we were talking about, uh, auditioning and I thought it was funny. I went and auditioned at the Plano, Illinois high school to, uh, be in Man of Steel. <laughs> and it was one of those things where, um, I've never been like, you talk about wanting to be an actor since you were a little kid. I've never really had that drive necessarily. Like I'm more of like a behind the scenes type guy. Like I get really into directors and special effects artists and stuff more than actors necessarily, mm-hmm. but I'm yeah. still a huge movie fan. And I'm a massive Superman fan, so it was just one of those things where I had to go audition. And I go there, and uh, I think there's a couple rules for auditioning. And one was to bring a picture, and I think another one was to fill out an application. So I was one of the few people in line who had a picture of myself and an application, and I feel like that helped me <laughs> get like further than a lot of people, because I can follow simple directions, I guess. <laughs> oh, like, he showed up but, with his uh, stuff. Here we go. Yeah. We'll just pick him. Oh, yeah. But then uh, I ended up being in the movie, and it was like... I could tell from what was going on when I was on set that it was like going to be a huge battle scene. I was like, this is awesome, and it's right down like the main street in my hometown, so it was really cool. But I did a lot of just running back and forth because it's Superman is about to fight two mo- two of the other Kryptonians, and they're walking down the street, and there's a bunch of people kind of running away, darting into buildings and stuff. And I'm one of those people, so I'm only on screen for about a split second. But he's like, hard to spot. He's hard to spot. But That's like, great. I just run by, and I had like really long hair back then, so you just see my hair like trailing behind me, and <laughs> oh, I love it. it was pretty funny. But there is, yeah. however, a four-hour documentary on the 
Blu-ray that mm-hmm. I've been meaning to watch because <laughs> I'm wondering if you made some of the cuts on the bonus cool, features. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, so you know, I you think know. it's neat though to be whether you know whatever your role is to you know behind the scenes of a movie acting or you know something else. I think it's really a neat thing to do oh, yeah. just as someone who loves movies. I had I had right? the time of my yeah. life. Like I thought it was so cool seeing how everything works and. One of the things I took away from it is you hear about these movies being like $250 million to make and stuff. And you're like, where does this money go? And then when you're on set, you see that it's literally like pretty much a company they're running. Like there is like 100 people on set. There was one lady who that was... aren't on screen. Exactly. <laughs> There's one lady whose job was specifically tending to Henry Cavill's cape. To make sure it didn't wrinkle and it looked nice and stuff between shots. Like, that was her job, was, like, taking care of his cape. Like, that's how many people were on set, so... Oh, it's amazing, mm -hmm. isn't it? I know. It's a... Well, and that's... It's a good... It's a good thing for the economy. Honestly, it employs a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It's a business. A lot of the people who were working, like, uh, directing the extras and stuff, they were actually people who had worked on uh, Transformers 3, like, the summer or two before that. So that was kind of cool to see... A bunch of Chicago people still in it, you know, as you're saying. So that's, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize they yeah. shot that close back to back because I was downtown for Transformers Three. Like I just happened to be downtown like I was one of those two, days, at least once. yeah. And I'm I got too. like real close so, to Josh Dumel, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, like that's so cool. Uh, I'll put it this way: we shot. I was an extra in that movie in 2011, and the movie came out in 2013. So that's how long. I had to keep my mouth shut about the things I oh, saw. Absolutely. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's, it, well, I think Superman, when I did Super, Batman Superman, it was it, it was two years. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was two Interesting. years. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it you, takes told, a long you told me, time. Um, but what level of NDA were you kind of like put in the secrecy for? I think you once know? it was out, it was fine. You know yep. what I mean? Okay. But it's, yeah. And, and I mean, like we had to put in, you know... Our phones, we couldn't have phones, and you know. Sure. Okay. But it's yeah, and my well, scene was so min- minis- minimal in terms of. <laughs> so you know. I mean, I've heard I've heard stories about how Lucasfilm um, specifically keeps their stuff as secret as possible, sure. and we've there's been news reports about mm-hmm. how they're trying to hide the ending of Game of Thrones, and they're shooting like 15 <laughs> different endings for the final for the final well, you episode, have to. just yeah. so the actors don't know what the final is. Absolutely. Um, what level, like, what's the highest level of security, if you don't mind me asking, that you've had? Probably to, on, probably that. Probably, Mas- probably Batman, Batman, Superman. Superman yeah, mm-hmm. everything else is, I've, I've not signed it. I don't think, did I sign a non-disclosure for Sinister? I don't even remember if I did. If I did, it was not, you know. Okay. It was not real, real strict. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess. Absolutely. I, from what I understand, like, uh, Force Awakens, the, uh, the script was printed with red ink on black paper. So you couldn't like read it, read it. You had to like read it in like special writing, light lighting to read your script <laughs> because so they didn't crazy. want like pages. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh! That's, that's why I was wondering if there was Absolutely. any like weird security that you. Uh... Yeah, I mean they make you they make you know, but when you're when your background especially, like they know right. that people are going to talk about it. So I can understand why Game of Thrones. I mean, Game of Thrones uses a lot of background. In fact, I don't know if you guys have looked like online. There's sites that target some of the background scenes like how bad they are some of them have you noticed <laughs> yeah. that on game of thrones it's actually hilarious yeah and once you've been in the background in a movie you notice that stuff more <laughs> and yeah. it's hilarious like people just like randomly swatting you know um you know their swords in the mm-hmm. air and well, you know what i mean yeah, back yeah. And game stuff. of thrones has come up a couple times in our conversation are you a fan i'm a huge fan of game of thrones. okay so are huge. you a huge fan prior to the show like where you read the books or are you no. uh, 
But I probably would enjoy them. I'm See, guessing, are the books, have you read the books? So I'm a bit of, I kind of consider myself a little bit of a Game of Thrones hipster. Okay. Um, because I read the books in the 90s when they came out. Okay. So when I was excited about Game of Thrones, no one knew what I was talking about. And then I found out HBO was making a show and they're like, what's this Game of Thrones thing? And I'm like, you guys don't know? Like, <laughs> Okay. Now, so, is, it, is it true that the Game of Thrones of like the last few seasons were like the books were behind books. or like did did the books even hit to so, where now? So Game of Thrones, so the five books, uh, the ending of season six mm-hmm. is the last of the books that exist. Oh. And there's supposed to be two more books coming. Okay. Now to finish out, they were uh, David Binnenhoff and DB Weiss had said that they have they worked off a first draft of the next book mm-hmm. okay. to do the next season. And I was like, well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so I know that the copy of the book exists. I'm convinced they're not going to release those last two novels until the show is done. Um, because George sure. Martin is ending the books differently than the show, is my thought. Oh, maybe. Because like, he, from what I understand, he laid the whole thing out for them and said, if I die, this is how it all ends. You know what I mean? Okay. So I have a feeling they're like, here's the rough draft of the next book. Do what you got to do. This okay. is how it ends in case I die, and George Martin's planning on ending it differently. So the people who actually, the the true fans are going to go read the books and go, oh, look at that. And <laughs> sure. most of the world will not bother because they're those books are yeah. tomes. So okay. we're talking like each book is like a thousand plus pages. Oh so. my God. Well, you know, it's kind of funny you say that though with the last season because the last season is, um, I, I thought some of the things were a little rushed, like not as developed as well perhaps as some of the other seasons. For instance, how did the big dragon or the you know get out of the, you know the frozen water? Or how they where were the ropes? Were they you know you know it's funny stuff like that. You so know what what's I mean? funny about that yeah. is later in the season when they're in the they're at the meeting uh, at King's Landing and someone asks if the White Walkers swim, mm-hmm. and John says no. And I thought to myself, except for the ones that swam down and chained up the dragon. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, so that's exactly what I'm. T- so right. I mean, there was there was a few there were a few moments like then that. Then again, John season. hasn't seen him swim, so you know what I mean. Like the you have to understand, like the if they if they do swim, no one's seen it on screen. Okay. So Maybe there's that's always a spoiler. Who so knows? I always think to myself, I guess there's a way of explaining away a lot of holes. Like if there really is a hole, there is there a way to explain it? Sure. Um, I was always talking about how if you're going to break the laws of physics, I only ask that you give me a dumb line of dialogue to try mm-hmm. and explain it away. So you know, at least give something so you can suspend your disbelief. And I don't care how and I don't care how bad of an excuse it is, as long as you put the effort to give that to me, I'll buy it and I'll just accept it for what I'm watching. Absolutely, that was uh, That's true. one of my problems with, or my only problem with the movie in Inception is they never explain at all how the dream tech, sharing the, the tech, tech works. works. Yeah. yeah, I was like, they're all wearing IVs. How are they sharing dreams? I don't get it. It's still a good movie, but it's <laughs> the one. I thing thought for it was me. just me. Okay, I thought really? that was explained, and I just didn't get it. Okay. Yeah, no, they never explained <laughs> I put it on myself. <laughs> they never explained how the okay. tech worked, and I don't okay. think that's important. Did you see uh, Looper, Nicole? I did not, no. Okay, it's a time travel movie. Okay. George, uh, Bruce Willis goes back in time to stop himself from killing himself because of some other... It's an awesome movie. You should check it out. Okay. But they're discussing time travel like a diner, and he's like, look... We're not going to talk about how it works because we're going to be sitting here all day making diagrams of straws. So just accept the fact. And then what's cool is they never explain it okay. because you don't need to. You just know the guy came back in time and here's the story. You know what I mean? Sure. So Okay. Yeah. 
Whatever works. I don't know. <laughs> um, getting back on you real quick, uh, what what's your longest sit in the makeup chair? Oh, goodness. Well, this is... I can a, imagine that goes... Sinister is probably the longest. Yes. It's probably your big sit, so... Well, it's funny because that's actually... That's a, that's a good question because um, the longest I sat was actually for a prosthetic that was done of me. And I guess that's considered... To me, that's... I mean, so I guess it's not makeup, but it was, you know... I think it being, counts. You know, was it like a stuff. full face prosthetic? It was. And yes. It was completely me. Hair. They took samples of my hair. Mm-hmm. It, w- it was, I mean, I think it That's pulled awesome. my eyelashes out. Um, and the woman who apparently made the prosthetic is the same woman that does them for um, The Walking Dead. So I thought that was really cool. And it's very good. In fact, on the back of the DVD for Sinister 2, it's actually not me. It's the prosthetic. So that's kind of fun. Because oh. everybody's like, oh, is that you? And I'm like, yeah, but it's really <laughs> I not. I know, it's really not. I'm like, my chin isn't that like So you were, so you were able to, so you could actually see the difference? <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I can tell. Okay. I can tell. But nobody else would really be able to tell. And I think that's so amazing. And I asked them, I said, what is, I said, what's going to happen to this once this is over? And they said it'll end up in a prop closet in L.A. And I just <laughs> keep picturing, I'm going to be walking, watching like The Walking Dead or something. And I'm like, hey, it's me. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> it's me. That's like, does the studio have the rights to like yes, that? Yes, like, they do. That's crazy. And it's me. Mm-hmm. It's, that's, uh, it's crazy. When I was an extra on Man of Steel, that's one of the things is they were scanning extras' bodies to use them for CGI. So like they mm-hmm. could potentially like... So you scan might not actually body. be in the movie. <laughs> no, I, I know I'm in the movie. But it's essentially like they could have an explosion and send a bunch of just like random bodies flying. Oh, so they were they there was another building where they're scanning people and they came in like while before I went on set and another group was on set and I was just in the waiting room. They came in and they're like, Hey, does anybody want to have their body scanned? And I was like, Yep, I'm doing it. Like I had to do it right away and I'm I'm still waiting for some other random Warner Brothers movie to see like my body flying out of an explosion or something. Cause and that's think, awesome. Yeah. And aside from like, cause, you know, CGI, they could potentially change your shirt color or whatever. But at least <laughs> yeah. I know what your hair looked like then. So <laughs> right I'll be watching for it. <laughs> well, you know, someday down the road, you know, you're still pretty young, but you might be really glad to have that. You might be, see, look at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I look pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, they, or they've officially scanned you and tagged you and barcoded you like, you know. The you know conspiracy theorists would think so. <laughs> I was, I was, that's I was what hoping I was for too, the yes. uh, like reverse aging technology. So in fifty years they'll bring me back to when I was in my late twenties or whatever. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there, I got so. scanned on yeah. the set of Man of Steel. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right on. Um, well, we are. I don't want to run too long. I don't want to take too much of your time. So Nicole, I. I'm really glad you could come out here, and I'm glad you came out. So uh, thank you. Thank you for um, having me. This was really fun. I think my kids are going to be jealous, though, because they would have had way more um, insightful comments, I think, about... Uh, oh, fantastic. Especially you some of the, the you Marvel and the... Oh, yeah. Connor okay. was pretty... He's like, well, you know, he was giving me some tips, and I didn't. It was... Right <laughs> no, we head, just... And it was funny. You had you had sent... Uh, you had asked me about it, like, you know, what kind of... You, you made it sound like it was more of an interview. I'm like, no, this is a general conversation. We're just here to talk about things we like okay. doing, so... Which I've watched a lot of... Po- My kids are big uh, Rooster Teeth fans, too. Oh, yeah, so no, I see we... that quite a lot. And Peter I, I and I are big too, Rooster Teeth fans <laughs> well, as well, so... So I've seen a lot of that, and I pay for it often, I think, so... <laughs> sure. <laughs> very cool. Well, you are more than welcome to come on anytime you want. Thank so you if you much. shoot an episode of... Um, 
uh, Chicago Med or Chicago Fire or whatever, and you're just like, hey, Andy, I got a great story for you. Let me know. I shoot again um, next week, so I'll let you know if anything exciting happens. Great. Is there, if anyone wants to find you, follow you, anything like that, is, do you want to, or well, do Well, I'm on IMDb like... at Nicole Santini, okay. um, and, uh, you know... That's that's probably the best. Great. When does your when does your episode of Chicago you know, I believe, dropped, you know? I believe that the the that Med is taking a break. Maybe Fire as well. The Chicago shows are taking a break uh, from I think the beginning of November through the beginning of February. So sure. it'll be sometime after the uh, beginning of February. So after the break. Yeah. All right. So there's a rock show coming. There's a rock fitness show. Oh, right. The Rock. Sure Dwayne seen, The yeah. Rock Johnson, his, his reality show. Went into the 90s. Yeah. And then they'll something. be back. <laughs> it's like a competition show. I think it's more along the lines of Ninja Warrior or something like oh, that. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So, um, very cool. Is there anything you're looking forward to that's upcoming? Or is yeah, there, are there any movies or mention something, something that, like... like that? <laughs> oh gosh! Any movies I'm looking forward to? Well, I do want to see. Like I said, I want to see Widows. Widows was filmed in Chicago a couple summers ago. My son did a little little extra work. Well, on that's it's a, it's a heist movie. But that's got a that's yeah. got a that's got a personal take on it though. Absolutely. Your son's in it. So I want to see if I see him. <laughs> okay. I want to. See, that's yeah. But sure. other than that, that's and I and I'm oh I know. I'm, well, I'm dying to see Game of Thrones when it comes on. Oh, yeah. I cannot wait. That's April. Oh yeah, right? next April. I'm dying. But uh, what's it called? Um, the Last Kingdom. Do you ever watch oh, The Last Kingdom? Yes. I love The Last Kingdom. The oh, season three is um, coming to Netflix at the end of November, and I'm obsessed. So oh, I'm great. excited for The Last Kingdom. <laughs> great. All right. Well, uh, Nicole, thank you for coming. Thank you so and, much. Um, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Nice, yeah. nice to meet you and guys. As always, you're more than welcome to come by whenever you want. All right. So, sounds awesome. good. Thank you. All right. Okay. So for this week, I just decided to pick top five disaster movies and I had no particular reason for doing it but it sounded like it'd be entertaining <laughs> entertaining so while, to say the least <laughs> while Drew and I were compiling our lists we decided to narrow it down to natural disaster films because when you told me disaster movies I thought the first thing I thought of was natural disasters and then I googled disaster movies and then apparently aliens counts and viruses count and space and end of days like apocalypse stuff like like uh there is let me see i wrote one one i wrote down uh children of men have you seen that movie i haven't seen it but it's amazing Mm -hmm. but it's not a natural disaster movie (laughs) right it's like a post-apocalyptic future like women aren't fertile anymore movie it's Mm -hmm. weird um what was another one that made me laugh um uh, Outbreak, that's a virus movie, but it's, I mean, technically it's a disaster. It's technically a natural disaster because of what it is, but I was thinking twisters and volcanoes and, you know, hurricanes destruction and, destru- and mass, mass destruction and, yeah. and, you know, that kind of stuff. So. Mm-hmm. so we narrowed it down, and then there was the new problem of, I think we both had this issue where it was really hard to come up with a top five list because mm-hmm. it's hard to find top five that you like and then i also had the trouble finding top five that i've seen because i've actually skipped a lot of natural disaster movies so is it really difficult i have one movie on my list that i think is very questionable so i'm gonna see how it plays out so i'm not worried about it at all what i will say is most of these movies are not good so my list is basically my favorites of the not good movies i do have one movie on my list that is absolutely phenomenal, and it got some Oscar push the year it came out. So, I have one, too, so maybe we'll, um, we matched. So. We might match. Anyway, so uh, this was your pick. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, sure. All Do right. you have any honorable mentions? I have one honorable mention, and um, it's a movie called Hard Rain. 
Okay. Do you know of this movie? I've heard of the video game. Just oh, kidding. I know it, that's Heavy Rain, but keep going. It is Heavy <laughs> yeah. Rain. Yeah, no, Hard Rain is uh, it's a movie with uh, Christian Slater. Um, I want to say, I feel like it's Morgan Freeman. I could be confusing him with another actor that's in that movie, but um, it's basically there's this crazy flood going on, and these guys are going to try and rob an armored car. And, like, massive storms, and they're trying to evacuate the town because of the potential of flooding. And during the evacuation, the dam breaks. Mm -hmm. So you have the storm, you have the dam breaking, it's flooding the town, and these guys are still going to rob the armored car that's at the bottom. Okay. It's still on the street, so they have to, like, scuba dive down and rob the armored car. (laughs) And you have the U.S. Marshals trying to stop them. And it's all basically, it's basically like a cop heist movie on boats. Because the town's flooded. You know, so... It's a really fun movie, very predictable, standard action type thing, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like a lives are in peril. It was more of a we got to get the money, you know, mm-hmm. heist kind of thing. So when when re- researching uh, for this list, I saw there's a movie called Hurricane Heist, and I wonder if that movie is inspired by Hard Rain at all or something. If they're like, well, what would make this movie invo- even more intense? Let's make it a hurricane. But yeah, I'm not really sure. Yeah, I don't know. I just. I, I thought it was a cool movie when I saw it, and yeah. like, it just made me go, let's check it out. So. <laughs> nice. Um, the only honorable mention I have is actually uh, San Andreas. So speaking of The Rock doing uh, fitness shows, uh, I have this movie mostly because it's a lot of crazy action. It's a lot of far-fetched stuff, but I think just a lot of the action scenes kind of stick out of my head. Uh, specifically, um, if you don't know, the movie is about the San Andreas Fault having a massive earthquake that's causing, or a massive shift that's causing a ton of earthquakes across the west coast of the United States. Um, At one point of the movie, that actually causes a tsunami to happen. And uh, the scene where The Rock and uh, his ex-wife are in a boat and they have to race to the top of this massive wave before it crests is probably the favorite part of that movie for me. So... That scene, I don't know if you've seen it. I have. Okay, so that seems like kind of memorable for me, so I think that's why it made my list, so. Yeah, no, it, uh, the movie was, I'm glad I didn't go see it in the theater. <laughs> right, but yeah. It was a, it was kind of fun, and I was very entertained for the hour and a half that I <laughs> and, that, and that's exactly how I see it, but it's, <laughs> it is a ridiculous film. So. I did like, I did like the movie, I did like the linkage of the earthquakes. Mm-hmm. Like one caused the next to cause the next to cause the next, and it wasn't. It wasn't like clearly it's not meant to be that way. That's not how earthquakes happen. But because of the way that this one specifically shifted, mm-hmm. it just added to the excitement. So. Right on. Yeah. Um, yeah. With all this being said, I also wanted to make sure I had an honorable mention because, as I said, I have one movie that's questionable. So, so San Andreas wasn't. No, it was an honorable mention, but okay. I just wanted it as a fail safe. Oh, <laughs> so, all right, right on. So we're on our actual first picks yeah. then. Okay, so uh, my first pick I'm going to mention, um, this one kind of skirts the line of natural disaster because of how it got caused, but what's interesting is the natural occurrence of how this could happen. Like, the, it, you know, it's a movie called Daylight. Do you know this movie? Uh, uh, what's his face? Sylvester Stallone, Sylvester right? Stallone. Never seen it. I remember when it came out, it looked really cool to me, but I think I was just too young to so, see it at the time. Not so. to spend too much time on the movie, because it, the movie itself, I really liked it. I saw this in theaters, so it's basically... Mm-hmm. 
It's basically these people, like, there's a bunch of different stories. You have a bunch of families, like, doing different things and different characters, and they all find themselves in the tunnel, uh, Lincoln Tunnel, uh, New York to New Jersey. I think that's the tunnel. There's, like, two different tunnels. I want to say it's the Lincoln Tunnel. Anyway, there's they're in the tunnel, and it's just, like, stopping with traffic, rush hour traffic, and there's an explosion at the one end. Now, what caused the explosion is the part where it's not necessarily a natural disaster. Okay. But it collapsed part of the tunnel so there was the flooding in the tunnel and then it caused a collapse at the other end as well because of what happened caused a collapse at the other end like structurally Mm -hmm. so everyone was closed in in the tunnel Mm -hmm. and then Sylvester Stallone works for he works for the city I think I'm fuzzy on his actual job title, <laughs> but he is part of the rescue crew or the one rescue guy that can actually get in and get them out. The cool part about this movie is that it is ungodly intense. Nice. Like, the intensity, like, it's just a standard, you know, whatever kind of movie, and then once the accident happens, it's nothing but intense, and everything that can go wrong, even the things you don't think can go wrong, go wrong. Nice. It's crazy. So, um, I really liked it, and, they, you know, obviously they call it daylight because they're underground and they got to get out. So, mm-hmm. um, but if you're looking for a fun movie to watch, and I want to say... Like, it's, fun's a weird word to say when you're reviewing a movie, but if yeah. you're looking for something to really watch and you want something, like, super intense, I know it's an older movie, but it's pretty decent. Nice, so. yeah. If I if it ever crosses my path, I'll check yeah. it out, so. Um, what that, do you got? Well, that would lead to my first pick, which is Volcano. So, oh, I matched this, so let's oh, talk nice. about Volcano. So, for me... <clears throat> I was saving this, but go ahead. Well, This movie, there's two big things that I really like about this movie is... Uh, one is something that stuck with me since I was a kid and saw this movie is just how they solve the issue of this uh, volcano going off under the streets of L.A., how they uh, use explosives to um, kind of carve out a path through the sewers and I think subway systems of the city to lead the lava to the ocean. I just thought that was a really cool thing. One of my favorite things in kind of action and adventure movies is kind of the tactical things they do so i thought that was like kind of a cool tactical way to use your resources and get the lava out of people's way i also really like that this movie inspired one of my favorite south park episodes which is uh the one where it's about the head lice like one of the kids has head lice and it's all about like the head lice have you seen this episode or no no so half of the episode takes place with about the head lice living in one of the kid's hair and uh the lice like the kid washes his hair with the special lice shampoo and the way the shampoo behaves is just like lava in the movie volcano so there's a lot of parodies (laughs) of the scenes and it's really really good stuff well volcano see there's every now and then two movies of the same subject matter come Mm -hmm. out at exactly the same time stir of echoes sixth sense volcano dante's peak Deep Impact, um, Armageddon, Deep Impact, Armageddon, Armageddon famous right. one. Uh, Volcano came out against Dante's Peak. And I remember seeing the trailers for both, and I remember thinking to myself, Dante's Peak looks better. Mm-hmm. And I actually went to the theater to saw Dante's Peak, see Dante's Peak. <laughs> see Dante's Peak. <laughs> anyway, so I went to the theater to see that movie. That's with Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton. And I like both those actors, and it's Volcano and, you know, People in Peril. This looks like a fun disaster movie. It's exactly that. It is, there's a volcano. We know it's going to erupt. This is how a volcano crisis happens, Mm -hmm. right? 
Then I saw a volcano later, like, at home. Mm -hmm. And it is so much better of a movie than Dante's Peak. And I think one of the reasons I liked Volcano better is because they didn't know about the volcano. Yeah. It comes out of nowhere. Uh, When I say it comes out of nowhere, the volcano, like, erupts from the Los Angeles tar pits. Is that right? That's where it first... The La Brea tar pits. Yeah, that's where it originates. So, but they're not prepared for it. Dante's Peak, they're prepared for a volcano evacuation because they live near an active volcano and they know about it. Mm -hmm. Volcano, it's how do we handle this scenario we don't know how we handle it you know mm-hmm. what i mean and it's it was really great watching the city have to deal with volcano like stuff you know mm-hmm. made, like you said creating a pathway for the lava to flow and lining up the trucks and the concrete barriers and mm-hmm. you know it was yeah. it was basically it basically became an escape film after mm-hmm. that and you're yeah you're hitting on something that i like about the movie too is like having the danger come to you and come to the city and all the civilians is very interesting to me as opposed to maybe going to stop a threat or something like that you know because like you said they didn't know the volcano was coming and then it's just like oh crap what do we do so i really like that aspect of the movie right so all right well because we matched that this comes back to your pick my next one so my next pick is the day after tomorrow oh right on so this movie um I'll start with what I don't like about the movie, which is (laughs) I don't like that the beginning of the movie leads to, um, I think it's Randy Quaid as the main scientist who discovers that some of the uh, Arctic reef, not Arctic reefs, icebergs and stuff are breaking up. Glaciers. Yeah, glaciers. There you go. (laughs) So uh, Glacier, iceberg, (laughs) one's bigger than the other. He realizes global warming's coming, and what I don't like is global warming's coming fast like like there's there's multiple like disasters that's going to happen and there's like these massive storms that cause all these smaller natural disasters to go on across the world um if you want to watch a movie that has like most or natural uh stumbling over my words but most natural disasters you can think of watch this movie because it's got tornadoes hurricanes tsunamis floods what I like about this movie... Some of the sequences... It, a lot of the movie has to be CGI, but a lot, some of the some of the natural disaster sequences are really cool looking. Right on. Visually on screen. So. Um, what I really like about this movie is some of the more survival stuff. So um, Jake Gyllenhaal's in the movie, and he's got a group of friends, and uh, they're just college... I think high school or college kids, but... Essentially what happens is New York gets flooded and they're stuck in New York and they have to find ways to survive in these buildings and they end up uh, taking uh, shelter in the New York Public Library and just kind of some of that survival stuff is more what I like about the movie. I like how they have to start burning library books to uh, stay warm and it's just kind of goes with kind of the tactical stuff I was saying and just like the survival element. I like that. I like watching movies where it's like, okay, we're screwed, but we're going to take what little resources we have and find a solution. So that's kind of right. my big takeaway with that one. So. Right on. Okay, I don't have a lot to say about that movie because right you kind of sell all of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so my next pick, let's see, I'll get this one out of the way now. Uh, Twister? Nice. Um, I matched this you one You matched too, this yeah. one? All right, so let's talk Twister a bit. This, um... I remember this movie being 
really exciting when it came out. This was at a time, like, I think, I want to say Twister came out at the same year as Jurassic Park, the original. So that'd be 93, I want to say that's right. Um, Jurassic Park was the first movie that I actually, like, went to the theater with my friends. Like, like the parents drop you off at the theater and they trust you to be alone with your friends for a few hours and they can pick you, that kind of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and Twister was, so I remember going to the theater to see that, obviously, but I also remember going to see Twister. And I loved Twister back in the day. Yeah. Twister does not hold up. <laughs> Interesting. It's honestly kind of dumb. Um, <laughs> but, see, and that's, I haven't watched it for so long. I remember it being so great when... Well, uh, it was on, it was on something. I think it was on, like, TBS or something one day, and I flipped it on, this was a few weeks ago, and I'm like... Yeah, this is not mm-hmm. that good of a movie. You know right what I mean? On. It was like it was like, hey, this is something to watch. Um, I just have fond memories of this movie, and that's why it made the list. Because yeah. when I was younger and it first came out, I'm like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. And like the idea of being a storm chaser was a really cool idea. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it it was really exciting. It was it was a roller coaster, and it just I I can't get by the movie anymore. <laughs> so, but right I just have a fond memory of it, and that's why I wanted to. That's why yeah. I made my list. So I think yeah, when it came out, there was that big fantasy of being a storm chaser that just seemed like the coolest thing ever. And a lot of the characters in it, I think, are pretty good. And there's a lot of really funny parts. But thinking about the movie more as time goes on, it's just kind of like, would there really be that many tornadoes in such a short? time period you right. know in the same area and would they happen to progress in uh their uh what's the right word like their ferocity like that each tornado gets bigger and more dangerous <laughs> right. as the movie goes like is that how it would really work right so, and it's funny to go back and watch that movie now and they're talking about the fajita scale yeah and they're talking about how you know yeah that was an f2 f3 maybe and they're having <laughs> yeah. that conversation at the table and then uh the one the the girl who's uh, engaged to um, Bill, Bill Paxton's Paxton, character, yeah. she asks if there's an F5 and everyone freezes. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah. hmm, foreshadowing, I wonder if we'll see an F5 by the end of this movie. Right on, yeah. Uh, but, and it's great because she's like, what would that be like? And the guy's like, well, the finger of God. You know, nice. and it's, yeah. it's, I mean, sure, but when you watch the movie, it's just, I... It's like I said, it's cool, but I just don't think the movie holds up. It's anymore, probably so. still a really good movie to watch with your kids, sort of thing. Oh yeah, no. Like, if I threw yeah. it on now, you know, my kid would probably be like, you know, <laughs> terrified of it. But <laughs> right, you know, so it holds up for him just fine. But mm-hmm. for me, I I've seen it too many times. And um, going back to what you were saying earlier, is it being really huge when it came out? I was actually researching it a little bit before this episode, and I can't remember what year it was, but. The, Twister actually was the second highest grossing movie that year. This right. is like literally everybody <laughs> went to see it. So right, it's pretty crazy. Well, that's there's when you look at like Jaws, no one had seen a shark attack movie prior to that. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at Speed, no one had seen anyone try and jump a bus. Right on. You know, yeah, there was a point in movie going where you went and saw movies because it's something you had never seen before. Mm-hmm. And now we live in a era of superhero films and cgi and computer animation stuff where it's very hard to see something that you've never seen on a screen 
And um, I'm going to shift gears on a brief tangent. That's one of the reasons why I'm really excited for the Aquaman movie because I watched that trailer and it looks like something I have never seen. I yeah, know definitely. it's a superhero movie, but with all the underwater stuff, I'm like, I've never seen a movie like this. Mm-hmm. I you feel know? like you've gotten tastes of something like Aquaman in episode one, The Phantom Menace, but since that with like the Gungans. Oh, and yeah, all yeah, with a little bit of underwater there. But, but you haven't gotten something to this extent with like. No, I know. Warfare with people riding giant. You know, seahorses and right. crabs, and, and I don't know, and awesome I don't, stuff like that. And I don't think there was a storm chaser movie prior to Twister. I don't know if there's been a lot since Twister. <laughs> That's a good point. Like the, <laughs> I was just thinking of that they haven't had a lot of tornado movies since then. So. I know, like it just there was something we'd never seen before, and it, it it was really exciting to execute, and I think they did a good job executing it. I just it just doesn't hold up anymore. Yes, yeah, so. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, this comes back to your pick because we're matching picks here. So okay, so ahead. here is... I think. Me, you, me... No, it's my pick, sorry. Okay. Sorry, in our in our back and forth that we <laughs> read. Uh, so let's talk about the movie 2012. Never seen it. Never seen so this? go ahead. Ryan's nodding his head. He's seen it. I'm going to hear what you say, and then I'll tell you why I didn't watch it, but keep going. Well, for, how about this? Tell me why you didn't okay, watch it. I didn't watch it because... You have a joke that you like to say a lot where it's a disaster movie is, oh, I'm glad we're not standing there anymore. <laughs> because yes. that, you know, that road we just were standing on is an exploded cliff or whatever. That's why I didn't see it because it literally looked like one of those platforming levels where you're running across the bridge and it's falling apart behind you, you know, from like Mario or an old video game. And it looked like the movie version <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, stuff's blowing up or being destroyed behind us, and we're just going to keep running away from it. So right, that's well, why I didn't see it, but tell me why you like it. So this movie is primarily mostly... <laughs> I'm really glad I wasn't standing there 30 seconds yeah. ago. It's primarily that. That's the whole <laughs> movie from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. However, um, so... Well, first off, there is 2012 is when famously the Mayan calendar ends. Okay, and there was a lot of stuff in the news about it, like end of days, that kind of stuff. Well, it's 2018, and we all lived <laughs> through it. But when this movie came out, they didn't talk about. I don't think they talked about the Mayan calendar at all. I mean, if they did, it was like really early, and it was like a narrator thing or like a text okay. on screen thing almost like a star wars crawl it wasn't mm-hmm. anything important it was more like you know in 2012 the mayan calendar ends it wasn't it was very subtle otherwise it was very focused on what the story was okay cool and the what the, i like the title could have been anything in the, movie. the like title could have basically be, been anything but yeah. because of the mayan calendar they they titled right. it 2012 i like that That's the movie cool. could have been titled something completely different and the mm-hmm. studio said hey <laughs> i think we should name this 2012 <laughs> yeah um Something I loved about this movie, and this is the weird thing, is so John Cusack in the movie, he's an author. He is not a very well-known author. He's released a couple books, but he's an author. And he's had he's separated from his wife, and they have kids. And his career is what caused the separation. So here we have this horrific end-of-the-world event, and John Cusack, his instinctual reaction is I have to save my family whether he it doesn't matter his relationship with his ex-wife because she's remarried he's concerned about his kids and his Mm ex-wife they're his family so he reaches out to try and save them and then it's the story basically follows them all the way through Mm -hmm. the other side of the story is it's a very like 
B storyline. Like you have your A storyline is John Cusack and his family. The B storyline is the government dealing with the problem in any way they can. Yeah. At the end of the movie, so obviously it's crazy I wasn't standing there 30 seconds ago, nonsense, till the end of the film. (laughs) When you finally get to the end of the movie, there's a really, really cool scene with Chiwete Ejiofor. I believe I pronounced that name correctly. He's reading a book. Like, they're on this, like, they have these crazy boats that they made to, like, house lots of people, basically. Like, in an end-of-the-world event, if the oceans ever rose up and they had to get on the boats because there's no land, this is where everyone would be living. He's reading this book, and his wife or girlfriend, fuzzy on that, comes in the room, and she's like, hey, we're getting ready to meet everybody. Are you ready to go? And he's like, yeah, hang on. I'm just finishing this last chapter. And she's like, what are you reading? And it's John Cusack's book. Okay. And he has this moment where he goes, can you believe that at one time this was not a bestseller and no one cared about this book? But now we live in a world where we have nothing and this is one of the greatest things that exists. Hmm. Like, I know I'm not quoting that correctly, but what I'm saying is it was this moment of, and John Cusack survived. He's on the boat. And, you know, Chiwetel Ejiofor knows they became friends in the course of the story. But it was a really cool moment of this is what we have left. Mm-hmm. And like you created this thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's awesome. It was, yeah. it was that moment at the end of the movie that really struck home with me. Like, the, you can say anything you want about yeah. that movie, but that beat at the end when he brought that up, like, you know, what does it take to be an author of that caliber, who's mm-hmm. not well known, he's not a bestseller guy, and here we are at the end of the world. This is all we got left, and when it comes down to it, his book survived. His yeah. story survived. No, so I like it. I just thought that was really cool, and that's why that movie kind of... That's why I made my list, is, nice. that, is that end moment. That's so, awesome. The uh, I know I misquoted the whole like piece <laughs> of him, but it's such a cool scene. Yeah, so. I love that concept of immortality in the way of something that you can create can live on forever, and like, like we're re- creating this podcast now, and it's going on the internet, and it's going to be there well, for years to here's come the if thing. all goes well. It, and it, it, the internet could lose everything, but episode one will be there forever. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. You yeah. Know, so. so And then it's, you when you create something, even if you're not well-known, some somebody someday is going to pick it up and read through it and be happy you made it. And it's kind of a cool way to use, I use quotations, but more immortality. Like it's a way to make your creation live on forever. And I think that's cool that the movie touched on that. Um, I do have a question though. Does the movie ever reveal what's causing the destruction? Like from 2012 or? Um, the first thing you see that starts the catalyst is Yellowstone National Park erupts. Okay. Because it's a super volcano. So, I mean, if you didn't know, Yellowstone National Park sits yeah. on the mouth of a super volcano that is apparently dormant. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, the, uh, because of that, um, that erupts and John it causes Cusack, a chain it, it kind of causes this massive okay. chain reaction. Um, there was an article I was reading uh, about the time this movie came out because because of the super volcano thing in the movie, they were talking about how there are six super volcanoes on the planet, and if one of them goes up, we're done. <laughs> and Dang. I'm like, that's crazy. Like, there's six of them on the planet, and if just one erupts, this planet's toast. Wow. So, um, 
But that's mostly because if you don't die within the initial blast, you'll freeze during the nuclear winter that follows. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so. so all you're saying is start writing your book. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Start writing your book so it can survive. <laughs> right on. Um, uh, you're... Pick. Go okay, ahead, so here's where it gets questionable for me, and Ooh. I feel like you're going to shoot me down. My next pick is Waterworld. Um, no, I'm going to let it go. <laughs> okay, because um, it doesn't deal with the... It, it deals with the aftermath. It deals with the aftermath, but because it was time. a natural disaster that caused the yeah. problem to begin with, I'll let it go. Yes. So, so go obviously, if you, if you don't know, Waterworld's the story of... And this is why I was like, oh my god, when I googled the disaster movie. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> well, this I didn't find it when googling it. I just thought of it on my, my own, but it's the story, obviously... So, the polar ice caps melt, and it covers the whole world in water. And it's a movie that's a post-apocalyptic future about these people who live on a world of nothing but water... And there's this mythical place called Dryland that they're all searching for. <laughs> and uh, mythical place yes. called Dryland. Well, yeah, and uh, I just think this movie's like a really fun action movie. Like I know, as like Drew, you know, as kids, we loved this movie, and it was just like we loved this movie for weird reasons. Like you know, hey, the boat's cool. Okay, and then you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean. Right. I mean, the movie itself, honestly, is not that good. I know. You know what like, I mean? And I know we can all agree at that. But. It's one of those things where it's criticized a lot for. Maybe it's acting and uh, lack of character development and stuff, and people find faults in the movie. But when it came out, like we loved it so much because it was just it was cool. It's water world. It's post apocalyptic, cool it's, action. It's, ma it's Mad Max on boats. Exactly, <laughs> and uh, it's one of those things where I think Dennis Hopper in this movie is ridiculous. Yeah. But hey, it's still fun. As a watching it at an older age, it kind of has the Ewok effect on me where. I loved it so much as a kid, I don't see as much faults in it now. And that's the same way with, like, I loved Ewoks a lot as a kid, so I still love Ewoks, you know? I can't see the fault in them necessarily, right. so that's that's kind of where, where I'm at. I just think it's super fun. In, that, they, in that weird, like, age range where you either hate or love Ewoks, um, I don't know where... I fall in that, <laughs> and I say that because in terms yeah. of how old I am, I don't know where I fall in the love or hate Ewoks, but yeah. I've never had a problem with Ewoks. So. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, this movie, I it's it's a really fun movie, and I enjoyed it. I don't think it ages well, but... Um, and I haven't watched it for a bit, so I'm kind of curious. It was on sci-fi, yeah. I want to say a couple months ago, <clears throat> and I flipped it on, and I watched about 15 minutes of it, and some of it I was like, yeah, this was a cool scene, and then other... Scenes, I'm like, yeah, this is why this movie didn't. <laughs> I'm do sure it. it's filled with just weird '90s tropes and stuff. Too, it probably, it, yeah, I, I believe, I, if I remember correctly, it's probably just all '90s tropes. But you also <laughs> yeah. had, you also had um, Kevin Costner coming off Robin Hood, mm -hmm. you know, which everyone raves about. Which I'm sorry, Robin Hood: Prince of Thieves is the Robin Hood movie. There's no other Robin Hood movie you should be watching. Um, yeah. If you're going to, and well, we have a new one coming out later this year. We'll see how that one fares. <laughs> yeah. um, that one looks bonkers, but still, yeah. um, Kevin Costner comes off that and does Waterworld, and everyone is like, "Cool, Waterworld!" And then, <laughs> you know, it's. Um, I researched this a bit too before this episode. All right, and a funny fact I saw is it was like at the time Waterworld was made, it was the most expensive movie that has ever been made. <laughs> <laughs> and it it just bombed at the box office, so I just think that's like really funny. And I guess uh, at home video sales and stuff actually saved it, where it 
eventually made a profit, but it's just like they put so much money into it and it didn't perform with how they wanted it to. So right, yeah. All right. Well, so my last pick of the night um, is a movie called The Impossible. I matched you for this. Oh, one. yeah, fantastic. <laughs> um, that's awesome. This yeah. is the this is that one. Pre, uh, this is. Out of all the movies we've talked about, mm-hmm. this is the best one. And I'm not saying this is the best one because, you know, it's up against some stinkers. No, this is the <laughs> best movie that, honestly, in this category, if this doesn't make anyone playing at home, if this doesn't make your list, well, you need to go see this movie and then reevaluate your mm-hmm. list. Um, this is a true story about a tsunami. Naomi Watts, Ewan McGregor. This got Oscar push big time. Um, this movie is intense. To say the least. Uh, you want to gush about it a little bit? Um, yeah, so what's really crazy about this movie is um, it's the story of a family who's on vacation in uh, Thailand, I think. Yeah. And uh, because of a tsunami, correct? I am for blank. I, I'm forgetting right now the year that this happened, but it's like the worst. It's considered the worst natural disaster right. in history. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. Late 2000s, yeah. maybe, or something. Yeah. but. Mid- because of a yeah. but I'm correct it was a tsunami right it was a tsunami okay, yeah so the tsunami comes while this family's on vacation and uh completely obviously destroys this uh community they're in but it completely separates the family as well as like kind of all the other families and who are in this community and it's the story of uh Ewan McGregor is the father and Naomi Watts is the mother and uh Tom Holland's one of the kids. And I was just going to bring that up. And uh, Their oldest kid is Tom Holland, who's they, now Spider-Man. Yeah, and they all kind of get separated, and they're or separated, and some of them are grouped up, but it's the story of this family actually finding each other after this crazy event happens, and the odds of them actually being reunited is so ridiculously impossible, hence the title, title of the movie, but it actually happens. The crazy thing is the movie is all based on a true story, which is even another level of like, this is a really cool, unique story that happened. So well, it's I mean, yeah, it's cool, it's unique, but I mean, this is a this is a crazy event to even imagine trying to go through with someone. Mm-hmm. The way the family gets separated, the the way they have to find each other, the the scene when she gets the, so you it's. Hugh McGregor and Naomi Watts, husband and wife, and they have two kids. Yeah. And then then they get separated. So Naomi Watts is with Tom Holland, and Hugh McGregor is with the younger son. Mm-hmm. So they're separated, but then Naomi Watts and Tom Holland have to get separated. Like that. Yeah. I mean, the way the family gets torn apart and have to, you know, it's it's crazy intense. And you know, maybe being a parent, I'm viewing it a little differently. Like just you no, know, I, it hit a little more close to home. But yeah. Um, I mean, I thought it was like a very, um, it's very heart wrenching or heartwarming. So like earlier I said, it's a really cool, unique situation, right, no. <laughs> but I'm, I definitely didn't want to downplay like it hits you right in the feels when you watch this movie and it's such a, uh, amazing tale. Like it's just hard to put into words, like kind of how it'll affect you emotionally, but it's such a good story. And, and not movie. only that, it's filmed so well. Mm-hmm. Like, it is an incredibly shot movie, not just the action sequences and not the disaster sequence. When I say action sequence, I'm referring to the disaster stuff. Yeah. But it's filmed... I mean, you're right there. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a... You should see it on the biggest screen possible if you get a chance to watch this movie. Um, yeah. Right on. I mean, I don't know... 
much more to say. I mean, I know it's, it's really good. It's fantastic. So <laughs> yeah. I highly recommend the movie's called The Impossible. I highly recommend it. Out of everything we talked about tonight, it's definitely <laughs> the best movie. Yeah. So definitely watch The Impossible and definitely watch Waterworld because it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, how about this? Uh, that brings us to the end of the list for tonight. I feel like we went through that a lot quicker than we did last week. Right. We didn't gush about it like we did with the uh, uh, horror films. Um, so for next week's pick, it's mine. Mm-hmm. So Ryan and I have a coworker that's hardcore into time travel right now. And we've been having a lot of fun joking around at work about this. So we're going to do time travel movies next week because it's made me think. And, you know, there's been some movies that have come up in my head going, man, that's such a good movie. So um, we're going to do time travel movies. Uh, so that was, yeah, that's what I wanted Wild. to do. Okay. Yeah, I was, I, I wanted to do this list anyway, but I was thinking we would save it for a later date. And right. I'm just like, no, we've been talking about it at work and it's been on my mind. So I figured this would be a fun list. I anticipate it being a very hard list to do, but yeah, I look forward to it. it. It's going to be challenging because I feel there's like a there's good, a lot of There's good a good ones. chance that all three Back to the Futures make our list. <laughs> but, um, um, is a time travel movie... For this list, is a time travel movie any movie that has time travel in it at all, or is there any restrictions on it? Um, I don't really think there's any any restrictions. Okay. I would think if I had to make a pick and say you have to make a decision on what you're going to choose, I would want to say it's got to be about time travel. Okay. Like, for example, Back to the Future is clearly about time travel, even though there's all this other stuff going on. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't want something time travel to be shoehorned in. Or if there's, like, one character just happens to time travel, but it doesn't really affect the overall well, plot. Or... Well, like, Groundhog Day is a time travel movie. Okay. You know what I mean? But that's that's what the movie's about. Yeah. Um, I'm, trying to think of a, I'm trying to think of an example where it's not, but I'm sure I'll think of it in real life, offline. And mm-hmm. um, when we're not on the show, I'll probably think of it, and uh, I'll text you and say, is, hey, uh, this is a perfect example of what not to... Is <laughs> Army of Darkness a time travel movie? Yes. Okay. Like, he goes back in time and then okay. comes back to the future. So, if <laughs> right. Darkness makes your list, great. <laughs> okay, cool. um, so, yeah, let's do time travel movies next week. Sounds great. Um, do you have anything else? Um, no, I think I'm good. All right, cool. So, next week, we will, because we had a guest on tonight, we will resume normal uh, show procedures and we'll hit news and all that yep. kind of stuff because there's some news stories I wanted to talk about, uh, but we'll just bump them to next week. No big deal. Great. So. Um, so, hey, show's over, so uh, we're on iTunes. Subscribe to us. If you want to listen to us there, you can hit us up on our website, top5report.com. You can you know subscribe to us on the RSS feed if you don't do iTunes. Um, if you want to hit us up on, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at top5report, both of them. Um, if you want to e- interact with us on the show, please send us emails. Uh, we'd love to read the emails. If you want to play at home and send us your own top five list, that'd be cool too. Uh, top5report at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Um, I'm more active on Twitter, so hit me up there. Peter, you want to? Uh, yeah, yeah, you can uh, find me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre, and uh, that's where I'm most active. So Cool. Um, all right. Well, for uh, the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody.